welcome to the Terry and Jesse show where we're going to be talking about Bishop Fulton J. Sheen's cause. Actually, we're going to be a lotification. Is it getting better? Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. Terry Barber here. Jess is not able to come in today, so I'm going to be doing this show today. We got a special conference coming up with Bishop Joseph Strickland, Mother Miriam, and Janet Smith in Tyler, Texas, September 1 and 2. And you might want to uh, well, I'm going, some, and a lot of our VMPR people are going because we're sponsoring the event. And you can register by going to vmpr.org to check it out. And I think you'll enjoy it. It's a two-day conference. It's like $60, really priced right. And, uh, you know, we want to support Bishop Strickland. He's been the outspoken bishop for this. Also, we're going to be talking, uh, in addition to that, about another bishop, Archbishop Cordelion. And he's talking about these attacks on our Catholic faith, we see it with the church attacks, they're celebrated in the culture. What's that about? So we need to defend that. And then, of course, you, I'm sure you heard about the fires in Maui and how a Catholic church is still standing amid the fatal fires ripping across Hawaii. And I think that was God's mercy there. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. Also, just for your own you know, good-to-know file, I find it interesting the Biden FDA admits <laughs> that doctors have the authority to prescribe ivermectin for COVID-19. Two years late. And you remember how hard it was to get? I mean, there's something going on that just it doesn't smell. I smell a rat. So, yeah, they called it the horse medicine. <laughs> Unbelievable. And this is a very, very special feast day. We're going to talk about St. Maximilian Colby, who's close to my heart. But before we get to talk about the great St. Maximilian Colby, I would like to get the, what I would say to Jesse, some soul food in our souls. Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 17, verse 22 to 27. As Jesus and his disciples were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be handed over to men, and they will kill him and will be raised on the third day. And they were overwhelmed with grief. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax approached Peter and said, Does not your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he came into the house, before he had time to speak, Jesus asked him, Oh, here it comes. What is your opinion, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take tolls or census taxes? From their subjects or from foreigners? When he said, from foreigners, Jesus said to him, then the subjects are exempt. But that we may not offend them, go to the sea, drop in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. Open its mouth, and you will find a coin worth twice the temple tax. Give that to them for me and for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love this. They will kill him, and he will be raised. The subjects are exempt from the tax. Wow. This reading really... Uh, I use this reading in evangelization. Because you, did you see how Jesus took control by asking questions? And that's one of the 
things that Matthew chapter 5 did, whose image is on the coin, rendered to Caesar, what is Caesar's. Our Lord taught by asking questions, and I think we need to emulate that. And if you notice, I always tell stories. I try to emulate the storytelling and asking questions. So I, I think it's important that we mimic our Lord in that, and I notice the saints do that same thing. All right, let's bring the smartest guy into the room, and then we'll cover the St. Matthew. Oh, Sheen ahead. This is from the quotable Sheen. Again, 70 years ago, Bishop Sheen wrote this, and this applies to us today. And don't forget, we're going to have our Bishop Sheen conference October 14th here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, and you can sign up for that by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org and just check that out because I think it's important. All right, Bishop Sheen says, "Check now pay attention to this. This is profound. Nobody likes to hear the word sin today. He can say that again. But we will begin to be happier when we realize that maybe most of our troubles, for sure, come from the fact that we are sinners. Those who say that sin begets a guilt complex hope to scare the cure away by name-calling. Well said, Bishop Strickland, or Bishop Sheen. Because a person is sick and asks for a physician, does he have a sickness complex? (laughs) I've used that line on so many people. Bishop Sheen, thank you, because what you just said is that is the problem. We got so much suicide going on. We got the most unhappy people. I looked on the internet today. It's showing 15% increase of homeless now, homeless people in the country. Uh, We got drug addictions. Uh, out of control, and I think much of the problems, as Bishop Sheen says, we've lost the sense of sin. It's just, sin is like, it's not there. Well, it is. And the consequences are devastating to the culture, not only to the soul, but grace builds on nature. So listen to what he said again. Those who say that sin begets a guilt complex, you know, people say, oh, you Catholics, you just have a Catholic complex, you know, uh, problem with your, you know, your idea that everything's a sin. No. They hope to scare the cure away by, by name calling. That's what most liberal people do. Because a person is sick, ask this question, and ask for a doctor, does he have a sickness complex? I don't think so. And now you shouldn't either. Thank you, Bishop Sheen. You know, The more things change, the more things are the same. We have a sin problem in the world today. And we have a solution. And his name is Jesus Christ. And, you know, I went to confession with my wife this morning before Holy Mass. And I said, I'm a sinner. And I need to do that often. The more you realize what sin is, you realize how offensive it is. And I think that the culture, if you think about what's going on in Catholic churches, I'm going to ask you, when you guys go to confession, my listener, when you go, is there a long line? And how many hours a week are the confessions being heard when you go to a large parish with thousands of people? See, we need the sacraments, as St. John Paul II would say, to be offered lavishly. So they need to be available at many times. I love the priests who say, hey, every time I say Mass, I come early. 
You want to go to confession? I'm there. That's what happens at our Anglican Ordinariate Mass here at the, at the Sacred Heart Chapel. And I thank Father Davis for that. So that uh, reading really says a lot to us, and that uh, comment by Bishop Sheen should really touch your heart and make you get to go to confession, because I think that's what it does for me. All right, I wanted to tell about the saint of the day. It's St. Maximilian Colby. Pray for us. Now, some people say, Terry, you're old. You, you went to Bishop Sheen's funeral back in the late 70s. Yeah, in 1982, October 10th. I was in Rome at the canonization of St. Maximilian Colby. I know. Here it is, 2023. Was that 41 years ago? Am I getting old? I think so. 66 years old. So thank you, Jesus. Now, this saint really moved me. It moved me so much. And if you read my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, you know I actually went to a come-see for the Franciscans that were in Marytown, which is the center for St. Maximilian Colby's work. At the time, it was in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now it's in Libertyville, Illinois. But I got to tell you, uh, St. Maximilian Colby was built like me. He's a little short guy, bald-headed guy like me. And I took his model, and I said, well, I want to be like St. Maximilian Colby. Well, what happened to him? Well, let me give you the story. He died in Auschwitz. Yeah, of course, he, you know, we all know that, uh, that he died in Auschwitz in 1941. Because what did he do? Well, there was a man named Gajo Nicek, and he was a family man. And when someone would illegally escape the prison camp, the Germans would kill 10 men. So they just picked 10 men randomly, and St. Maximilian Kolbe was numbered. And there were quite a few priests in Auschwitz. When Gajo Nicek saw St. Maximilian Kolbe, being, uh, excuse me, when when guy, when Saint Maximilian Kobe saw that Guy Onichek was picked, and he said to the man, "I'm a, I'm a father with two children. Please don't kill me." Father Kobe said, "I'll take his place." Remember what our Lord did? He died for us. He gave his life for us. And so here, Saint Maximilian Kobe takes on the same thing our Lord did, and says, "I'll lay my life down for you, Guy Onichek." And when I come back. From the break, I'm going to tell you something about this man and how I actually met that man that St. Maximilian Colby died for. Yep, right here in California. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what St. Maximilian Colby's message is to our culture today regarding our Blessed Virgin Mary and much, much more. All right, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. When we come back... We'll talk a little bit more about St. Maximilian Kolbe and what he did at, in Auschwitz back in 1941. And then we're going to talk about Bishop Joseph Strickland coming to the Defending Our Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas, and what that's all about and how we want to see you there, along with Mother Miriam and Dr. Janet Smith. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more to inspire you to fall deep in love with you. Terry Barber back. Terry and Jesse show. I have my guardian angel with me. Jesse will be back on uh, Wednesday. So I was talking about St. Maximilian Kolbe for those who just tuned in and how what a great saint he was, a martyr for the faith. And he started this group called the Knights of the Immaculata. 
I'm a member of it. Millions of us are members. And one of the ways we have a show is our miraculous medal. And he used to call these the silver bullets because they were about evangelization. And I think it's a great idea to hand these out. We have hundreds of them we give out. And you're at the restaurant and you go to give the tip. Put a little medal, scapular, anything of religious significance to the wait, waiter or waitress. And you can you know, evangelize that way. So St. Maximilian Colby uh, started newspapers. He had a publication called Immaculata, over a million copies in circulation at the time uh, during World War II in 1941. He was publishing it in different languages. Uh, this guy went to Japan to convert people to the faith. Uh, he wasn't there to talk about recycling. He was there to talk about uh, teaching him the person of Christ. I, I really appreciate that. And... It was all through the Immaculata. And he has some really beautiful things to say. One beautiful thing I'll share with you is he said there's three stages in life. He said the first stage of life is your formation as a youngster. We're all formed by our parents and our school. Then your apostolate, second stage. Whether you're a priest, bishop, whatever you are, a nun, layperson, whatever God calls you to do in your vocation. That's the second stage of life. Then he says there's a third stage of life. What's that? He says, suffering. This is in his book, Maria was his middle name. Suffering? Yeah. He said most of us in life will have to suffer towards the end of life, most likely. Maybe even during life. But he gave a great explanation of Colossians chapter 1 that says, I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church. So his point on suffering is, hey, we're all suffering right now with all the craziness in the world, right? And even in the church, craziness. Now, you heard what happened at World Youth Day. What did St. Mexico mean? would tell us? Pray, make sacrifices for sacrilege. That's what takes place in many Catholic churches today. What do I mean by that? Well, they treat the Eucharist like it's just a piece of bread. Yeah. Or... Uh, they don't show reverence. Remember, <clears throat> Our Lady of Fatima talked about reparation to her Immaculate Heart for lack of devotion to her Immaculate Heart. So reparation is incredibly important today. And St. Maximilian Kolbe showed that by offering his life for the conversion of sinners in Auschwitz back in 1941. So here's how I met the man, Guy Onichek, in California. This is the guy that St. Maximilian Colby saved. Now figure 1991. Is that 50 years later? Yep. I'm with my young family at the Knights of the Immaculata Father Colby Missionaries in West Covina, California. And he's visiting West Covina. So I go there. I've got one little baby, little Monica. And he holds Monica in, my, in his arms. I take a picture of him. And that was Guy Onichek. He couldn't speak English. I don't speak Polish. But the translator, he told the story. So I have an eyewitness to what happened 50 years before. And how many years is that now? Like 30 more years, 32 more years later? That happened 32 years ago? Man, where do the years go by? But I met him. He told his story through the translator. And uh, St. Maximilian Colby prayed for us because... He's a model for us today, 
and the sense of evangelization. And I would say if he was alive today, St. Maximilian Colby would say this. Let's use all the media, newspapers, whatever. He would be big on the Internet, getting his message out. Uh, back in, I think, 2016, I was humbled with the fact that uh, I got the St. Maximilian Colby Award at Marytown, and they, they said because of your media, Lighthouse Catholic Media, St. Joseph Communications, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, I was humbled because people like Father John Harden, Father Benedict Rochelle, Mother Angelica, I said, you got the wrong dude. Nope, they want it. So I have that little uh, plaque they gave me for that. And so I, every time I have an opportunity to promote St. Maximilian Colby's ideals, I will do that. And um, he is the model for the church today because he would be on his knees before the Blessed Sacrament telling people, Make reparation right now. There's people in our church who are bringing bad things into the church, and they don't believe in the faith, so we have to pray them back to the faith. I can hear him saying that. That's why I'm saying it to you. And that's why I want to shift gears to the event that's taking place September, excuse me, September 1 and 2 in Tyler, Texas, at the convention center. It's Bishop Strickland, Mother Miriam, and Dr. Janet Smith, and I'll be there. I'm going to be the Master of Ceremonies. And here's Bishop Strickland's keynote address titled, Proclaiming the Apostolic Faith with Clarity and Boldness. And this is something he does here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio every Tuesday. And I get the opportunity to record him and play it for Catholic radio stations called the Bishop Strickland Hour. But I'm going to ask you to go to VMPR, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, and sign up. Be there for this event. I'm trying to get people there because I want them to support a bishop who's outspoken. And he's in trouble for it, let's be honest. But you know what? He's acting like, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing until the Lord calls me home. And that's why he's going to be there at this conference uh, in Tyler, Texas, September 1 and 2. And you can get in to Dallas, and then we have buses that will bus people in to Tyler. It's about just under a two-hour ride to Tyler. I think the bus ride is $50, but the conference is only $60, and we would love to have you there because I think it's important. Mother Miriam, who just, uh, yeah, she's a great nun there in Tyler. Uh, if you remember her on radio at Virgin, well, we've had her many times on our interviews but she used to be on Immaculate Heart Radio for years. And now, now she's on uh, Stations of the Cross. So if you forgot about her, you can still listen to her uh, through Stations of the Cross because she's a woman of faith. And then, of course, Dr. Janet Smith. Are you kidding me? This is the woman who put that audio cassette tape out, Hermani Vitae, that just touched so many lives to realize what Paul VI said was so true that when you separated love and life, you've got, you've got problems. And she's going to be here talking about proclaiming the faith with clarity and charity also. And I would say this, that there's some surprises that are going to be coming. We've got a couple speakers. I think we're working on an exorcist this late stage to come to the conference. So this is going to be what you need to do. You're going to run into people at this conference that will become lifetime friends. 
Why do I say that? Because I've been putting on conferences for 40-some years, and I still know people from way back in the 1980s who I met at a Catholic conference, and they're my friends still. Now, we're, in our, we're elderly, some of 70, 80 years of age, but it supports you in your faith. And in the time we're living in right now, you need good Catholic friends. Don Bosco used to say, show me your friends, and I'll tell you who you are. So I will encourage you to go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Don't call us because it's on the link on the website. It has to be all done electronically. You can register right online to come to hear Bishop Strickland, Mother Miriam, and Janet Smith and myself will be there. And we got a couple other big names coming that I think will inspire you to fall deep in love with Jesus Christ. And the tickets, as I said, are very affordable. $60 per adult. Um, at the door, it's $75. So do it ahead of time and make it easy on yourself. That way, you know, you can uh, make it simple. Go online to VMPR, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Look where it has the conference link, and you can link it up right there. And I think we need more good bishops like Bishop Strickland to speak out like he does every week here on VMPR. Uh, we're so honored to have him uh, as a staff member of uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. They asked us to put this event on in the local Catholics there in Tyler. Um, Paul Choi is doing all the groundwork there, and I want to publicly thank him because it's a lot of work putting on these conferences. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing. And I appreciate you going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org to sign up for that. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Archbishop Cordelion and what he's doing to defend the faith. And by the way, coming up later this month, the Opus Antelorum, the work of the Holy Angels, will be at our Sacred Heart Chapel for three days of, of a conference. It's free. Uh, we've got some great preaching. It starts Monday. August 28th at the Sacred Heart Chapel at 5.30 for confessions. Holy Mass will follow. The conference will follow that for three separate nights, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. And I think you'll find that it's going to be a good experience for you to give you a shot in the arm. I think we have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ, who I have in my hand, this crucifix, and not look to the men and women in our church who have compromised. Because we can see that all over the church. But we can pray for them. We can make reparation for them. We can make atonement so that those folks will come back to the faith. Um, I will mention one set of priests that I'm praying for, and I want you to, the priests of the Sacred Heart. I used to have priest friends here. Well, their whole order has gone <coughs> into uh, syncretism. <coughs> they supporting Planned Parenthood with sexual education and their, their homosexual activity in that order. <clears throat> so I, I'm not going to get mad. I'm going to pray for the Sacred Heart Fathers because their order has gone with the world. And I think that's pretty much what we see in the church right now. We can't be one with the world. We can't influence the world if we're just like the world, as Fulton Sheen would say. So I, I think it's important that we stick to the fundamentals. We call it deposit of faith. And that's why, again, 
arts, we have the conference called our, our uh, Defending Our Faith Conference in Texas, in Tyler, Texas, where Bishop Strickland will be there. You'll meet him if you come to this event. I will make that happen, guaranteed, okay? There'll be time for him to shake hands and give you blessings. He does that at all the conferences I'm at, so I don't see why he wouldn't do it at his home you know, base here in Tyler, Texas. So please go to the website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Sign up for that conference with Bishop Strickland, Mother Miriam, Janet Smith, myself, and we have an exorcist coming. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about another hero of mine, Archbishop Cord de Leon, and much, much more here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll be back after a quick break, and we'll encourage you more to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. Jess will be back on Wednesday. Wow, I just love talking about the faith. Can you tell? Um, Archbishop Cordelion, he says, attacks on the Catholic faith are celebrated in our culture. I'll give you an example. They tear down statues. Hey, yeah, they're all excited. Yeah, we're doing it. And they're happy to see it happen. And even our pro-life centers. They, they get burned down or whatever happens, bad things happen to them. They're like, yeah, we got to do that, man. Those pro, those Christians are causing all kinds of havoc. They don't want us to kill our unborn babies. Really? You're right. So Archbishop Cordelion of San Francisco, he's warning you and me, Catholics, are being explicitly attacked and that such attacks are championed and also, as I said, celebrated. Now, he's 67 years old. He's six months older than me, and he's half Lebanese like I am. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. Well, we have something in common. I knew him and when he was in San Diego and loved the guy. All right. He issued within, I said in the church, he said, Catholic teaching is placed in the opposition to the secular culture. What do we need that? And I like that because we can't be one with the world. In an interview with Fox News, the 67-year-old prelate highlighted issues within and without the Catholic Church stating how Catholic teaching is placed in the opposition to the secular culture. See, this is why when you hear high officials compromise and say, oh, no, homosexuality is okay. No, that's not the church's position. Knock it off. You can't be one with the world. In our own Catholic church, we're in a struggle about living our faith in the world that has become very secularized. That's nicely saying it. I just demonstrated that. But secularization, not in the sense of apart from religion, but within a value system that's hostile to some basic values that we have, Archbishop Cordelion stated. How do we live our faith with integrity? By not compromising, Bishop. That's what I say. We, gotta, we can't compromise on our faith. Now, he makes a great point. He talks about something I know you, our listener, know, that Catholics have been so poorly formed in the last 50, 60 years. He's encouraging Catholics not to be dissuaded by this since we have a deep intellectual tradition and there's a lot to draw on terms of understanding of the human person, what our role is, and being created in God's image that gives us intrinsic value. Now, nevertheless, Archbishop Cordelion 
attested that the number of Catholics who actually know their faith does not correspond to those who call themselves Catholic. Yeah, you think? Absolutely. Very few Catholics know their faith. We have a high percentage of Catholics on paper, but we haven't done a very good job forming our people well in the faith and helping them understand the faith to love it and to live it out. Bishop, I agree with you. We've had conversations personally about that topic with him. And I said, that's why I wrote my book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone. People need to know the faith to share the faith. He says, unfortunately, he continued, there's a lot of Catholics who don't really follow everything in our church teaching because they probably were never taught what it really does teach and the wisdom that's underlining it. I'll give you an example. Nancy Pelosi, she said it. When she was in college, the nun said, throw out any kind of abortion being bad. It's okay. Now, you're influencing this young woman who ends up becoming the Speaker of the House. You see how bad it is when you give people bad formation? And I always say this, and you know it, never, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. God have mercy on those order of nuns. They were Dominicans. Nancy talks about this on a YouTube where these, these, these Dominican nuns told her in college, abortion is okay, and that influenced her for life. She's in her 80s now. So you see how important formation is. Now, he said, such Catholics live, say, are, are in, are, aren't informed by faith. No, but you see, bad example, I remember Archbishop... Um, Foley, back in 1997, said scandal is one of the greatest obstacles in evangelization. How do you evangelize someone to know their faith when you tell them it's okay to murder their own baby? See, that's not evangelization. So even though these people identify as Catholic, Archbishop Cordelion says, by what they, they live, their life, <clears throat> their priorities, their instincts, even some extent perhaps their values, are being influenced more by the secular society than their Catholic faith. Yeah, that's my line, Bishop Cordelion. Who's influencing who? The world is influencing you more than the church. <clears throat> and he says, I think that has caused a weakening in the terms of social influence that the church should have and trying to contribute to the common good. Yeah, what's happened, friends of mine who are not Catholic ask me, hey, what's going on with your church, man? What are you talking about? I mean, are they gonna are they gonna allow homosexual uh, marriage now? Well, they hear these things on the news, and they go, well, that's what I'm hearing. And of course I said, you know, no, pa- no priest, no bishop, no pope can change divine law that God has given to us. So, no, be reassured, it's not. Now, this is happening in our culture. People are thinking the church is just one with the world, and that's why so few people recognize and they actually respect the church as much as they did before. He said this, we've come under attack by increased media scrutiny in recent months due to the public prohibition of Nancy Pelosi from receiving Holy Communion, also addressing the issue of anti-life attacks in society. In other words, Archbishop Cordelion told Nancy, you cannot receive Holy Communion. But here's the problem. 
he's telling her not to. But when she's in Washington, D.C., the cardinal there, he says it's okay. See, it's either not okay, it's either sinful, or it's not sinful. You can't have it both. But unfortunately, remember Our Lady of Akita said that cardinals and bishops would be fighting over different things. Well, there's an example. Even the Holy Father gave Holy Communion to Nancy Pelosi. Now, again, he is the vigor of Christ. We pray that he will hold fast to the teachings of the church. Canon law says it very clearly. He shouldn't have allowed that. Now, I'm not judging the Pope. I'm saying this. Holy Father, please live by the mandates that were passed on to you, what we call the perennial teachings of the church. You don't have the power to change him. No one does in the church. So when you see these compromises, it's scandalous. And I think that's what Archbishop Cordelione is pointing out. Now he says, while noting that there was much more goodwill in the society in previous years. Yeah, there was. We weren't attacking each other as much. Cordelione contended that in my lifetime, I have seen that disappear. There's very little of that left. He says, we have to realize that we're being explicitly attacked. That's right, Bishop, Strick, Bishop Cordelione. When he says, when I was young, that didn't happen. That's right, I'm the same age as he is. It didn't. I mean, our properties are being attacked. Our sacred symbols are being desecrated. We're being explicit, explicitly insulted. And that's been a champion and celebrated in our culture. So this is in a new reality that we're still trying to adjust to. Yeah, when I'll give you an example. <clears throat> I was with my grandson taking him on a choo-choo rain a train in uh, Arizona over the weekend, and I was having a conversation with the folks about what happened in, in uh, Hawaii, how the church was able to withstand the fire and its standing and how God protected it, and they didn't even respond. Nobody. But anyhow, I said it was food for thought, and that's why I mentioned it to the people about the historic Maui church. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in the next segment, too. But Archbishop Cordelione is saying that um, we need to continue to stand up for the faith. He said this. He issued a note of caution, also stating that Catholics can be overly bombastic either, appearing to suggest Catholics pick and choose which cultural issues they will draw a line and take a strong stand on. Cordelion argued that strong public positions could lead to the loss of credibility. Yep. Well, when you say that abortion is okay as a Catholic, you've lost my credibility. Yep. Instead, he urged Catholics to take matters into their own hands. Yes, individually, I do too, politically, in order to affect the culture, stating that it's the role of the lay people to participate in the political process. Yeah, and I'll say it again. Look at the platforms of each party and ask yourself, Democratic Party says killing an innocent life is okay. We're going to spend all the money we can to stop babies being, being born through abortion. I'm not going to, you can't vote for that as a Catholic. And I know that those priests have been taking their faculties away by saying you can't be a Catholic and a Democrat. Well, I don't have any faculties to take away. And I can say it because it's true. And if someone wants to take issue with me, my cell number is 661-972-7872. I'd love because I want to show you that you're putting yourself in danger 
when you support evil. And when you kill unborn babies, that's evil. All right, last thing the bishop has to say, say is this. He said, telling lay people, run for office, run for local school board, or city council, work, work all the way up the system, he said. Chief among ways to alter the culture, attack on the faith is raising Catholic families. He says, as St. John Paul II said, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. Be well-informed, intellectually rooted, able to pursue careers of community service, even in politics, to be forcing the changes that culture by their own participation. In other words, we have to become involved in the process. And I think that Archbishop Cordelione is encouraging all of us to be involved in, pro in promoting the faith by standing up for the faith. And that's what we have to all do. When I come back from the break, I want to talk about that historic Maui Catholic Church that's still standing amid the fatal fires that ripped across Hawaii. I say it's a miracle. I mean, I tied into what happened in, in Hiroshima during World War II when we dropped the bomb and the Jesuits' house and church wasn't even touched. See, God's bigger than any of us. When we come back, I hope this will inspire you to have more faith in Jesus Christ. And I want you to be asking Jesus Christ for more faith every day. That's your homework. I try to do that every single day. We'll be back with more. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess will be back on Wednesday. I have my guardian angel here to help me with this show. I'm so inspired by this story about the historic Maui church is still standing amid the fatal fires ripping through Hawaii. You can see the videos on YouTube. But they're all over the internet right now. I've got pictures of you know, where you see the whole town burned down, and then you see the church standing. And it kind of reminds me of what happened in Nagasaki when we dropped the hydrogen bomb on Japan, and the whole city was a mess. I mean, miles of uh, just destroyed, right? It looked like and bombed out, which it was. But the Jesuits who were living the Fatima message, six of them, uh, instantly became medics to help other people who survived, and they're church and their rectory wasn't touched so how do you explain all that other than it was a miracle by god and then those men lived another 30 40 years after the dropping of the bomb which you know with the radiation <coughs> they shouldn't have lived more than a year or two because of the cancer that that causes so when god wants to have a miracle i just think we're living in such a, a secular culture that this story has to come out so the Catholic Church remains intact as fires rip through Hawaiian island of Maui. That's what the photos show, and photos don't tell, you know, they tell the truth. So the fire of Maui has killed at least 93 people as of Sunday afternoon. This is now Monday. Destroying businesses and homes. But the historic Maria Lakanka Catholic Church is standing, however. Uh, and here's what I wanted to say that's really interesting. It didn't say in the article. But that's the only church <laughs> that has a Latin mass. Yeah, I just wanted to make that out just by, yep, that they, they are very traditional. And I think God uh, honored that for that church not to go down. So when the pastor, Monsignor Terrence uh, Wannable, told the Honolulu Star paper, he said when he saw the news, he saw the church steeples rise above the town. He said it was a great sight to see. 
He said part of the island had turned to ash. Photos show scarred palm trees next to the Catholic Church, which was built in 1846. Unbelievable. Now, the Church Street is seen untouched in the aftermath. Uh, the wildfire that left uh, charred runes had killed 93 people, authorities said, make it one of the deadliest disasters in the United States history. You know, brush fires on Maui fueled by high winds from the hurricane passed through the south. That's what made the fire so bad. The winds, just like a, a tornado winds. Now, the roof of the church appears to have suffered some damage, but they're not going to know until the contractors take a look. But the fact that it survived, there's a picture here of you look at the church on the left, completely intact, and then you look to the right, and everything's burned down. So, again, God can work these miracles. And why does he work miracles? I'm convinced to show forth his love and his power. See, God, and that's why we should not be afraid of what man can do to us. Be afraid what can happen to our soul. And this is, you know, I know a, a constant theme that Jess and I have talked about when it comes to, you know, the virus, the coronavirus, and how we said, wait a minute. Everybody's scared. Why are we so scared about this virus? What about the virus's sin? See, and that's why the worst thing they can do, and I, I just love the saints and the way they handle things. He says, and this is St. Thomas More said this, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. So what's the worst thing they can do? Kill us? Well, that's the worst thing they can do. Okay. But if my soul, like I went to confession today, if I drop dead right now on the air, I hope and pray that I have short time in purgatory, but I just went to confession. So this is what I'm hoping for, to get to heaven. That's where my, my hope is. So if I, you know, I'm 66 years old. If I died tomorrow, today, I have so much to be thankful for. And I think you do too. And I think, as I say always, an attitude of gratitude is welcome just about everywhere. So count your blessings. Don't be afraid of what the world can do to us. Be afraid of dying in a state of mortal sin. And get the confession. Get your prayers in. Pray your daily rosary. Do all the things that are going to help you get closer to Christ. And one of the things I'm going to encourage you again is to join Bishop Strickland. Join Mother Miriam. Join Janet Smith. Join the exorcist that's coming. Join, I'll be there. Terry Barber will be there at this event, September 1 and 2. If you haven't heard about it, it's at the convention center in Tyler, Texas, defending our faith Catholic conference. And it's a two-day conference, a spiritual conference. It's going to empower you in the faith. Uh, the conference will be centered on reparation of sins, and the power of the Holy Eucharist. You can imagine what I'm going to tell you at the conference, right? What I tell you on the radio? Yeah, about making reparation, great love for the Eucharist. Yeah, we need to do more of that. And I, I think of one of the saints, St. Anthony of the Desert. He said this, A time is coming when men will go mad. That's right now, I think. And when they see someone who's not mad... They will attack him and saying, you are mad. 
you are not like us. And I think that's the time right now. So we need to stand up for Christ. I know Bishop Strickland will lay down his life for his Catholic faith and for, his, for the flock that he shepherds. And I know Mother Miriam will do the same thing. Why? Because they love Jesus Christ in a heroic way. And I'll tell you right on the air, publicly, I'm willing to lay my life down for my Catholic faith. Please, God will give me the grace to do that. Because we live in times of compromise right now, where people feel, well, go ahead and look the other way. Get it, you know, we, we won't tell anybody. Wink, wink. No. The world will convert to Christ when we show them the beauty of our Catholic faith. And I think with people being so scared right now, I mean, we've got, I'll, I'll just give you the, more debt in America than we've ever had on credit cards, ever. We have high inflation. Rates just came out again. I mean, when, I mean, here in California, we're paying almost $6 a gallon for gas. What's going on here? Well, economically, it's putting pressure on the family. And that's what's going on right now. Lots of turmoil. Wars starting up. Look at Russia and, and what's going on there in Ukraine. It's just getting out of hand. So what can we do? Not be scared. Get down on our knees and pray. Make reparation for weak leadership in our church. I've experienced it for 44 years. I've seen priests tell me things that are just so bad that I ask myself, why are they a priest? Is it because they got a free room? Food? A car? I mean, they could be doing something else. And they all made these promises. Every Catholic priest makes a promise to proclaim the deposit of faith. And so when I see a priest who's not proclaiming the deposit of faith, I say, Father, you made a promise. He said, what are you talking about? When you were ordained, you would proclaim the deposit of faith. Please do that. I'm praying that you'll do that. Because I want to see you get to heaven. And I know I made a promise, Father, when I got married to my wife to be faithful to her. And I please, God, I'm going to live that out to the, my death. And because I, my salvation is tied in how well I live out my marriage. Just like a priest, his salvation is tied into how well he lives out his priesthood. So lovingly we call them back there's no animosity in my, in my voice. I love Father James Martin. Are you kidding me? He's proclaiming that homosexuality is okay and that the Bible is wrong. He's going to tell us that and nobody's going to call him back. We don't love him if we don't call him back. If we just tell him he's a great guy, that's compromising. He might be a great guy person on other issues, but he's dead wrong when it comes to the moral teachings of the church. And someone's got to say, Father Martin, I'm praying for you. I'm praying my rosary today for you. I'm making an extra visit. I'm making a sacrifice. I mean, this is what we Catholics should be doing in the church right now, is not complaining. Complaining does no good. What does well for us is our prayers, our sacrifices, and our love for our Lord to go closer and closer because life is short and eternity is forever. So again, don't forget, make, make, put it on your list to go to the Defending the Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas with Bishop Joseph Strickland. Mother Mary will be there. 
Dr. Janet Smith, I'll be there, and we've got an exorcist coming. You can register for $60. Are you kidding me? Do you go to a convention center? If that was in Los Angeles, the price would be triple. But in Tyler, Texas, we can do that. So go ahead and register by going to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Look under there where it says the Tyler Defending the Faith Conference. Click it, and you can register there, and I hope to see you there. There's about 30 families that I've helped move from Southern California to Tyler. I hope you folks will be there. You can just drive in your car over to the convention. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, Bishop Strickland will get a chance to meet you, and I think he'll give you a blessing because I've seen how he operates. And, you know, he's America's bishop because he speaks the truth with clarity and charity. And here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we have him every week on our network. And I realize there's some controversy about him. But you know what? I, I know the man. The man loves Jesus Christ, and he's willing to die for the faith. I wish we had more Bishop Stricklands in America because the church would be much stronger. And that's what we're doing. We're going to have him come and speak to us on that issue of defending the faith and proclaiming the faith with clarity and charity. And that's going to be taking place September 1 and 2 in Tyler, Texas. And again, just go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, and say, I want to be there. Wow, there's the music. Jess Romero! What state should we be living in? Well, Jess isn't here right now. He's giving a power, power preaching at another parish. He would say, Terry, the state of grace. And he'd say, don't leave it. If you're in the state of mortal sin, you think you are, get the confession. Pray your daily rosary. Read your scriptures. Ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day. Every day. Can you do that? That's your homework. Also, Our Lady of Fatima said this. From Fatima back in 1917. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Can you make some sacrifices? Can I make some sacrifices? I can! I hope you can too. Because you can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ who died 2,000 years ago on a cross. And we can unite our suffering with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. And now you can hear me say it. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, Jess Romero, Terry Barber, we'd be billionaires. God bless you and your family.